Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're a fire heart. You're double-minded. You are weak. You're miserable. But you're locked to a in the morning. You're joyless and gloomy. You're the anointing of God out upon all of this stuff. So that we can be pleasing people.
Sabbath. Hope you've been getting rest, perhaps some extra sleep, rest and relaxation. Lord, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for waking us up today. Thank you for waking us up over these last few days, weeks, months, and years, that you are waking us up out of Babylon, out of ignorance, out of deception, that you are waking us up to a new life, to your kingdom and to the truth. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for calling us and giving us a special responsibility. Thank you for entrusting us with a special work. We ask you, Lord, to help us to pay attention to your word today, to receive your word with thanksgiving, with excitement, with joy, with love, and with passion. Please help us to eagerly accept your word, your direction, and your guidance, always. Help us to not resist your truth. Please help us to not resist your spirit. Please help us, Lord, to see and to understand. Please help us to be fully awake, not sleeping, not ignorant, not unaware, but fully aware comprehending the truth that you would have us to receive. We ask, Lord, for your help in this service. May you be glorified. May your people be edified. In the name of Jesus Christ, so be it. Amen. Praise Jesus. Praise God. Brother Robert, can I ask you a favor? Can you get me another red soda out of the refrigerator, please? Uh, Now, let's turn to Revelation chapter 6. Come to think of it. While it's on my mind, if I forget again. Uh, not important, but Brother AJ, if you would look on the last page of your New Testament and 
Karen May, or you can type it in the chat room here, or you can email me later, or maybe one of the other volumes, where it was printed at. All the paperbacks, most of them, on the last page, that will show you where and when it was printed. And I'm wondering if they had printed AJ's Bible in Korea, or in America, or in a different nation, just out of curiosity. It'd be interesting to know where they printed his Bible. And they didn't put that in my copy of the New Testament this time. I usually always did. And there's Victor over there in India joining us. I do see my history copy says it was made in Indiana, that's a state in America, in the middle of America, Indiana, where they made history copy this time. Okay, in the United States, AJ says they made his copy in the United States too. Cool. Interesting. Thank you, Brother AJ. Good to see everybody from Jamaica, Korea, India, and across the world joining us today. Very exciting. Praise the Lord. Everybody turn to Revelation chapter 6 in the AOD. If you do not have a copy, a paperback copy of the Alpha and Omega Bible, you can open up the PDF really quick, read along with us in the AOB, in the PDF copy. Or perhaps if you got eSword, you can open up that program and use the eSword program as well. The eSword program is very, very useful because it will very quickly jump exactly where you want to go much faster than a PDF will. Much more search-friendly, speed-friendly, has a lot of useful features. I really love the eSword program that you can download. And it's on the website that you can download at EasyDemy. Uh, so it's all there on the website. You just got to look for it. Amen. So Revelation chapter 6, we have read this over and over and over and over and over. Amen. But each time we read it, we're reading it with an increased awareness of what it's talking about, what it means and how we need to understand it every week, every month, every year, we are increasing in how well that we understand how we can see things in God's eyes. He is waking us up. He is teaching us. We are growing in knowledge and understanding. So every time we read it, we're reading it with increased understanding. Amen. So it's important to continue to read it over and over. And that's how you learn. It's by reading the Bible over and over. Amen. Now, in verse 1, Revelation 6, verse 1, then I saw, this is the Apostle John, that was one of the original 12 disciples. He is writing this, and he's seen the vision of the end times. He said, I saw 
when the Lamb, Jesus, broke one of the seven seals. This would be the first seal. Now, heard one of the four living creatures, or angels, singing, as with a voice of thunder, come. Now, look and behold a white horse, and he who sat on it had a toxin, and a stuffiness was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. Now, on purpose, I decided to not translate the word toxin and stephanos because those are the original words that John wrote. Now, that word toxin is not the same as we think of in English language as toxin. It's not, it's not a poison, and it's not even spelt the same. But it is a, a, a fabric or a cloth or a piece of paper used for a ribbon, a, a ward, or a piece of paper, a parchment, declaring that you have received that reward, such as what they receive in the Nobel Peace Prize. They receive a, a agent-looking piece of paper, looks like a parchment. It is a parchment, special fabric of paper, saying that you have received the reward. And it can also be uh, a ribbon that they hang around the neck that holds the, the gold uh, metallic, showing that you have received the reward. And if you see both of these, then you win a Nobel Prize. Now, the Stephanos is a, also a prize that you receive in the Olympics or in public games, military battles, and military awards. Uh, all of this is related to the Olympics. It is also related to the Nobel Prize for Peace and the other Nobel Prizes. Now, it says here it's a white horse. Now, in the Bible, white is the color of symbolism for holiness, righteousness, and goodness. Even Jesus will come back on a white horse, and even you and me and everybody that rises in the first resurrection will come back to the earth on white horses. We'll all have white horses to come back to the earth on as a military, as an army, the army of the Lord. There'll be riding horses as the army coming down out of heaven, coming to the earth to kill the Muslims, the Nazis, the uh, communists, the Russian army, the Iranian army, the Syrian army, all of that. Amen. And that, and we're, uh, John saw the saints in heaven at that time wearing white robes, which he said is not literal white robes, but he said that it is representing holiness, that they are holy and clean in the Lord. Amen. So it's a symbol of holiness. But this horse is not holy. It's not holy. It is a counterfeit of the horse that Jesus rides. Amen? So in one sense, it is false crisis, false messiahs, false gods, false religion, all of that, in one sense, have an appearance of godliness, have an appearance, a false appearance, of being God, 
Even the abomination of desolation, the strong delusion comes under this. A false god riding a white horse coming down out of the sky. Now, I don't know that Assad will come back riding a white horse. I don't know that. But it is a symbolism for false gods, false religions, false peace, and false decorations of peace, such as the Abraham Accords. So the Abraham Accords comes under this category of the white horse, as well as all the people that won the Nobel Prize and the other Nobel Prizes. So Jimmy Carter, Nelson Mandana, which who was not a man of peace at all, and then Martin Luther King, who was not a man of peace at all. Martin Luther King did not believe that Jesus was God. He was not a Christian. He was a communist. And because of that, he was being investigated by the FBI and other elements of the government because they knew that he was a communist and was keeping an eye on him because of that. Nelson Mandana was a terrorist responsible for the death of many people in South Africa when Nelson, Nelson Mandela was conducting a coup against the government, the good government, the righteous government of South Africa. Don't fall for the lies. Do not fall for the mainstream media, how they have rewritten history. Amen. This is what the Muslims, the communists, the Nazis do. They rewrite to say that South Africa government was evil, that they were evil and they needed to be overthrown. So that is what Antifa says about Trump. Amen? Antifa, Black Lives Matters, these groups operate in the exact same spirits that overthrew the government of South Africa. And yet people lift up on a pedestal Nelson Mandana, gave him the Nobel Peace Prize, and he was a terrorist, a murderer, a communist, and a very, very, very wicked man. And they lift up on a pedestal Martin Luther King, who was also a, a, a communist and was probably involved in terrorism in some form behind the scenes because that was his heart. Amen. Martin Luther King reminds me greatly of Jim Jones who was a communist who pretended to believe in God and pretended to be a Christian. Pretended to be. He really didn't believe in God. He really wasn't a Christian at all. But he was a communist, Jim Jones, who on purpose claimed to be a Christian. So Martin Luther King reminds me a whole lot of Jim Jones. He was another Jim Jones. He was a black Jim Jones, whereas Jim Jones was a white Jim Jones. Martin Luther King was a black Jim Jones. So all these people I'm talking about falls under this white horse. 
And what I would like to introduce to you today is that this white horse also represents a form of revolution, overthrowing government. Because it says that here in verse 2, he went out conquering and to conquer. So that's war. Amen. Conquering. That is getting dominion, power, and authority over other people through war. That is what it is. Yet he is given the Nobel Peace Prize. But yet his purpose is really to kill and destroy people in war. So this is a revolution, it is war, it is a coup in the name of peace and in the name of goodness and righteousness, saying this is the right thing to do, this is the right thing, that we need to overthrow these people, that we need to invade these people, that we need to destroy these people. That is Black Lives Matter, that is Antifa, that is Nelson Mandela, so forth. Amen. But this white horse has a lot to it, a lot, lot to it. Verse 3, he broke the second seal. And I heard the second living creature saying, come. And another, another horse, a red horse went out, and to him, to sit on it, it was granted to take peace from the earth, and that man would slay one another, and a great sword was given to him. Now we know that red is a symbolism for communism. It is the color for China and Russia and some other communist nations. Red is a sacred religious color of communism. It is the color of blood. It is the color of war, revolution, destruction, aggression. Amen. So he removes peace from the earth. And that is partly from World War One, and also the 1917 revolution coup that overthrew the Russian government and brought in the Soviet Union, brought in communism for the first time under that name, and the Soviet Empire. And that was a coup from within the Russian government. That was a revolution again. So this is all the communists. It's not just what happened in 1917. It is not just that war. But even the communist leaders today, the president of Russia, the president of China, the Chinese government, the Russian government. But it is also the Democrats, because the Democrats are communists. They are communist people. They are friends with Iran. Look at what Obama did, giving Iran billions of dollars. The Democrats were communists, altogether communists. And they are friends with China and so forth. So it is also the Democrat Party comes under this as well. The third seal in verse 5, he broke the third seal and heard the third living creature say, Come, I looked at the whole black horse. And he who said on it had a pair of scales that you would weigh something with in his hands. And I heard like a voice in the center of the four living creatures, saying, a quart of wheat for Dodaris, which is a 
a measurement of money back at that time, add three quarts of barley for the dollars for a certain amount of money, and do not damage the oil and the wine. Now, some people misinterpret this. They jump to a conclusion that this third seal is capitalism because it says don't hurt the oil, don't hurt the wine. And so a lot of people jump to a conclusion and say, well, then this is the buying and selling of oil and wine and other goods, other products, other services, buying and selling to make a profit. And so it's industry and it is therefore capitalism. But that is jumping to conclusions without having any other verse in the Bible to back it up. Amen. Now we can back up the red horse being war and the white horse being false messiahs, false religions in the Bible in Matthew 24. Now, but there's much more than that. It goes much deeper than that. But we can support with other scriptures the false messiahs, false Christ, and war in relationship to those first two seals. Now, in this third seal, we can also prove in Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, that the black horse is connected with famine. Famine being starvation, that's what that means, starvation. So we can back all these up with other verses, but it's much more than starvation. Now, we know it has something to do with starvation because it's like a measurement of food, the barley and the wheat. So these are food that is in short supply. Okay, so it's famine, it is starvation. But it is much more than starvation. It is also a war, a revolution, a coup. Okay, the word coup means a civil war, a overthrow of the government from within that same nation. Somebody that is inside that nation that overthrows the government in comparison to an invasion from outside the nation. However, the coup that overthrows the government from within that same nation can have the support of another nation. It can have the support of another nation. But as long as, it, as the war comes from within the nation, it is still called a coup, even though it might have support from another nation. If the first horse and the second horse have a theme of war and revolution, coups, overthrowing a government, then also the third, third one and the fourth one goes to all of these have a theme of revolution or coup. Now, the third floor is also talking about Hitler and Nazism. Because if we go in time, if we go throughout time, the first horse is Alfred Nobel, who created the Nobel Peace Prize and everything connected with that. The second horse, 1917, the revolution. Alfred Nobel was 1901. The uh, October Revolution in Soviet Empire was October 1917, 16 years later. 
Then the third seal, you go into the 1930s and the 1940s. So you can go throughout time to also determine who these are, what these are. So that would bring us to World War II, when there was a Great Depression, Great Starvation, when Ethiopia and uh, all the African nations went into great, great, tremendous, horrible famine, starvation, and also America even went into starvation and what they call the Dust Bowl. When the farms all across the United States, uh, it stopped raining. It was an extremely severe drought, and the ground dried up really hard, and the wheat stopped growing, the barley stopped growing, even though it says don't hurt it. It did hurt it. And the, those famine and starvation, even in America, and the Americans had to cut back on how much they could eat. So it was a worldwide starvation, and worldwide war, famine, all in connection with the person who is riding the horse, Hitler. Amen. You've got to have a leader in each one of these. Alfred Nobel, and then Lenin, and then Hitler. Amen. And then you finally come down to verse 7, and the Lamb broke the fourth seal. And then heard the voice before the fourth living creature or angel saying, Come. And I looked, and behold, a pale green horse. Now, most Bible translations say a pale horse. And some other translations might use even a different word. But if you look in Greek of what John actually wrote, he wrote chloros, which is related to the word chlorophyll, which is green. Now, if you look throughout time, coming out of the 1940s and going another 16, 17, 20 years or more, but keeping about, you know, not going too far, not going 100 years. So each one is only like 10, 20, 30 years between each one. So then you come into the 1960s. 1963, the Syrian coup within the nation of Syria that people related to uh, in connection with, I would say, in connection with Assad, overthrew the government and eventually brought in Assad's family to power. In 1970s, 1979, the revolution coup in Iran, the Iranian Revolution, 1979, during President Carter, who I believe got the Nobel Peace Prize and did nothing about the Iranian Revolution and so forth. Uh, and then Assad eventually coming to power and all this. So it's an intensification of Islam in Iran and Syria and throughout the Middle East, an intensification of Islam in the world. Green is the sacred color of Islam. Now, in connection with Islam, it says that there is pestilence and death. He that sat on that green horse had the name pestilence which can also be translated as death. And the grave was following with him. So wherever Islam begins to conquer and overthrow governments, the fruit of that 
is disease, pestilence, because a lot of the Muslims do not follow sanitary uh, conditions. They're unclean, to be honest, to be straight out with you. And so you've got the fruit of Islam being disease and death, whereas the fruit of Hitler was famine and starvation. So you have a lot of different things happening with each one. Now, the white horse is still riding today with the Olympics and with the Nobel Prizes and with everybody that claims to be peaceful, but really they have a heart of war. So that horse is still active. It did not go away. The sacred horse in communism, it is still active. It did not go away. The third horse of Nazism, a lot of people falsely think that Nazism no longer exists after the 1940s. That's a false way of thinking because Nazism is still a very active and very powerful force in this world. The Nazi party is actually still active in government in some nations. Uh, the president of Egypt that was overthrown under the Obama administration, um, his name, uh, Mubarak, is a pretty good president of Egypt that ruled for a really long time. He was a pretty good president overall. And he had outlawed the Communist Party, the Muslim Brotherhood, and the Nazi Party. Now, how can you outlaw something that doesn't exist? The fact that he had actually outlawed, forbidden the Nazi Party proves that the Nazi Party was still active, an actual real political party, and not only in Egypt, but some other nations as well. Other than being an actual political party, you also have the spirit, the heart, the mind frame of Nazism in everyone across the world who hates Israel. Anyone that hates Israel, anyone that does not support Israel, anyone that does not support Zionism, everybody that hates the Jews, they all have the mind frame, the spirit, the demon of Nazism. Just like the Democrats have the demons of communism. Okay, these are spirits. These horses are spirits. They are fallen angels. They are demons. Okay? We, we even got a video on the website. If you look for it, there is a video of the green horseman spirit in Egypt during the overthrow of Mubarak, which was a coup supported by Obama, supported by white horsemen, and black horsemen, and red horsemen. Amen. They all ride together. They all join together in their war. A war would involve more than just one horse. Who goes to war with only one horse? They all ride together at the same time. Now, they come on the scene at different times but eventually they are all riding together, and they're all riding together right now. So it's Islam with the fruit of disease. Now we have much more disease in the world, and we also have much more Islam being 
thrown down our throat in America and all across the world where they're making laws that says you cannot say anything against Islam in the United Nations and in the European Union. They're making laws, and in uh, other nations and other empires, they're making laws more and more every year that is against the law. And you can go to prison for a hate crime for just saying something against Islam, for just speaking the truth against Islam. But you can go to prison. So that is a real threat. And it is increasing. And then you've got the viruses and bacteria increasing as well. So what I'm introducing to you today is that all of these are related to revolutions and coups overthrowing governments from within that nation with the support of other nations. So, this brings us to America and what is happening right now. With the elections and riots, everything is happening right now in the United States. What is happening right now in the United States is a color revolution. And that is a real term. I didn't make that up. Color revolution. What is a color revolution? A color revolution is a regime change, or a government change, a presidential change, a change of presidents within a nation by another nation, but undercover, undercover, secretly. An attempt to overthrow a nation by using the citizens of that nation to turn against their own nation. While they are being funded, equipped, and supported, and organized, and controlled by a different nation. So Iran, which is related to the Green Horse, and the European Union even, and uh, other nations, Iraq, uh, all kinds of dictatorships being under the Black Horse, of anybody that hates the Jews, the United Nations, so on. And then you've got the Red Wars of Communism, Russia and China. All of these are being involved in what's going on right now, trying to overthrow America. That is what's happening. So you've got the spirits of red, black, and green, and the white horse, those four colors, trying to force revolution, overthrow a government inside the United States. So it is a color revolution. Now, the people that came up with that term, supposedly it, that term was created by the CIA. I don't know. That is the rumor. But whoever created that term, they did not understand about the four horsemen. They did not understand about the four horsemen. No. But yet, God is in control. Amen. God is in control even of the wicked, even of the kings, even of the wars and the revolutions and the coups. 
and all prophecy, God is in control. So I know that it is by divine intervention that it came to be called color revolution. Amen. So it is overthrown government by the four horsemen and by communism, by Nazism, by Islam, and by false peace. Use in the name of peace and righteousness to overthrow things. The Democrats and the communists and even Hitler all come in saying that they are peaceful, saying that this is the right thing to do, saying that capitalism is evil, saying that America is evil, uh, America is evil, saying that Israel is evil, saying that um, the way of life of America is evil, saying that Christianity is evil, saying that the Bible is evil, uh, and saying that the right thing to do is to overthrow these, to overthrow America and overthrow Israel. So even Hitler said that he was a man of peace. So Hitler was riding not only the black horse, but he was also riding the white horse. Hitler was also riding the green horse because Hitler cooperated with the Muslims, the Muslims and the Nazi party back in the 1930s and 40s was holding hands, cooperating, funding one another, supporting one another, promoting one another, all of that. Amen. All of these work together. And all of them are working together right now to try to overthrow the United States. And it's working. It is working. Now, how do they do this? How do they overthrow the government using their own services, using the Americans to overthrow the American government from within as a coup from within? First of all, they control the media. Amen. It is important to understand that the New York Times is owned by Iran. I gave proof of that in the newsletter and on the social media groups. And that the owners of CNN and many other mainstream media groups, they are friends with Russia and China and Iran. So why would you want to visit a website or watch the news from CNN or Sky News or BBC when all of those groups hate Israel, and that's very well documented, and are friends of Iran, Russia, and China. Why would you trust those news organizations? Why would you trust them? These horsemen, these governments of evil, they control mainstream media. That is one of the ways that they are overthrowing America and uh, freedom across the world. It's not just an American problem, but all across the world. Amen. That mainstream media is owned or in cooperation with these evil governments. Another way they are overthrowing America and the world is not just America being overthrown, but it is a worldwide conquering. Communism wants to conquer the entire world. Islam wants to conquer the entire world. 
Nazism wants to conquer the entire world. Amen? None of these, none of these are just America. It is really the entire world. We all face the same sins, the same problems, the same demons. Amen. And they fight against Christianity. And also indoctrinate the children. Teach the children that homosexuality is good, that communism is good, that capitalism is bad, that America is bad, that Israel is bad, that the Jews are evil. All this they're teaching the little children in school in America if you allow a Democrat teacher. Democrats should never be allowed to vote. Democrats should never be allowed to even have a political party. It should be outlawed. And no Democrat should be allowed to teach or even be any power or authority. They should not be allowed to have boss or be a boss. They should not be allowed to be a boss, to be owner of business. They should not be allowed any freedom at all. They should not be. Now, people always say, well, we should have freedom for all people. All people should be free to do whatever they want to do. That is the motto of Satanism. Do as you want to do and let everybody do what they want to do. That's not right. You read the Bible, it's very clear that the government and the church and society should forbid people from doing whatever they want. Amen. Witchcraft should be illegal by government, by law. Witchcraft should be illegal. And it should be the law in the United States, it should be the law in every nation on earth that witches be put to death. It should be the law in every nation on earth that homosexuals, if they do not repent, be put to death. It should be the law in every nation on earth, according to the Bible, it should be the law, the standard for all humans, because God is the God of the entire earth, not just for Israel, that anyone that worships false gods, anyone that worships the devil, anyone that resists the truth, should be put to death by law. That is God's way of government because that is the way of government that will defeat evil and keep the evil from defeating you. Amen. When you allow evil people freedom to do whatever they want to do, to vote, to work, be free, when you allow evil people to do whatever they want, they will fight you and kill you. That's just reality. Because we have allowed Democrats to vote and work on things and be free, they have destroyed America. America will fall, be invaded, not only from within, but also by invasion, because we have allowed the Democrats' freedom to be wicked in public 
without shame. They are proudful, as the Bible says, they are proud, proud of their sin. And people allow that in the name of freedom. That's the white horse. To say that just because they claim to be peaceful or just because they're humans or just because we want them to be free, that we just allow them to conquer us. Amen. The Bible teaches that we must forgive and control evil people. Amen. So they teach the children from childhood satanic religion, Christmas, Easter, Halloween, St. Valentine's Day and all that crap, and homosexuality and communism. And then they continue that teaching even in college, not only in elementary school and high school, but even in college as well. So that can even add it to this list. At the end of that sentence is continue the indoctrination in college. Continue the indoctrination in college. And another technique they use in the next sentence here is criminal justice overhaul. Criminals go free while arresting good people. Their agents, their communist agents, Muslims and so forth, in Congress and as governors and as senators, as congressmen, uh, having Muslim women in the United States Congress, having Muslim men and women as governors and mayors and judges across America. That is part of the revolution, is to put judges and government officials in charge inside the United States. So at the end of which is criminal overhaul, we could also even say Congress and government to implant, implant the Muslims the Nazis and the communists, and plant the four horsemen within the government. Then also we have race riots, racial problems. And I put here in the notes, do not fall for the lie. Racism against black people in America is not a huge problem. Rather, it's the other way around. It's the other way around. That's the reality. That's the truth. So I don't care what you've read, what you've heard, what you thought, what you assumed. Truth is that racism or prejudice against black people in America is not a huge, huge, huge problem. Now, of course, there are some people that are racist against black people, of course. But as far as being as bad as what they make it out today, where Black Lives Matters and Antifa and the Democrats claim that black people are being masculated, killed across America in large numbers. That is a bald-faced lie. There are more white people that are being killed than black people. That's the reality. That's the truth. So do not believe the lies. Racism against black people is not a huge problem in America. 
at this current time. Turn the people against the police, against the military, and against the president. That is what is happening. Now, what all these things we're listing is not just what we're seeing, but their technique that they used in Germany to bring Hitler to power, what they used in the Soviet Union or Russia to bring communism to power, what they used in Egypt to overthrow the good president that they had in Egypt, Mubarak, to overthrow the governments in Tunisia and Libya back during what they called the Arab Spring, during the Obama administration, what they have used to overthrow other governments in different places, different nations. These are the techniques of color revolution or coups within nations, using their own citizens, by using the media, by using colleges and schools, by using government, judges, implants, implanting evil people as judges and congressmen and so forth. Also, they turn people against capitalism. Do not fall for this. Do not confuse greed with capitalism. Greed is evil. Capitalism is not evil. Capitalism is the opposite of communism. Therefore, it is good. Now, the reason I say this is I don't say this just because of one person. So please don't think that it's just because of you. But rather, I'm saying this about capitalism because I am seeing a pattern, not just one person, but a pattern among other people as well. It is becoming a more known, more popular doctrine across the internet. Across the internet, there are quite a few people, probably a lot of people, that are thinking that capitalism is either the third seal or, in general, is just evil. That is a delusion, a deception that's being brought forth by brainwashing through communism, through the mainstream media, and sometimes just by people's own jumping to conclusion or something like that. It's an easy jump to recognize greed and then easily jump from greed over to blaming the whole system. For example, many people say that there are no true prophets because there's a lot of false prophets. So they see that there's a problem with prophets and they blame the whole system and say, well, there can't be any true prophets. Some people say there are false churches, therefore you can't go to any church. That's not true. You could go to church. You can go to church if you find a church preaching the truth. People say there's no apostles, there's no prophets, there's no pastors, there's no churches. You can't have any of these things because the example of having a Bible. 
And so they blame the whole system. You can't have any of it. So that is what's happening in the same thing. People recognize there is greed within corporations, business, capitalism. There is greed. And therefore they say, we can't have none of it. It's all evil. It's blaming everything because of the bad apple. So you have to be careful not to do that and that. Um, just like also because there has been a problem with false dreams and false testimonies and false visions that some people have that problem of saying, well, we can't trust any dreams, we can't have, cannot trust any visions, any dreams because of the example of some false dreams and some false visions that have made us deceived at one time in our lives. We fell for it, we fell for that trap. Therefore, we don't want to fall for that trap ever again. Therefore, I don't want to believe any, I just won't trust. It's a trust issue, it's a trust issue. So people have to get over their trust issues. We cannot blame all of it and do away with all of it just because there was a problem with some of it. So the same is true with capitalism. It's the same problem. Capitalism is completely fine. It is just that some of the corporations, meaning most of the corporations, are too greedy. That's the problem with greed. The next thing on this list is that the way that Hitler took power and the way they take power in a color revolution is they take away the guns. People in Germany used to have the right to have a gun for self-defense. But Hitler took away the guns. And that's what the Democrats want to do. They want take away the guns. Every Democrat governor, every Democrat uh, president, they want to take the guns away from the people just like Hitler did. In the United States, we have uh, part of the, the, um, the Constitution, the Constitution of the United States says that the citizens of the United States have a right to have guns for self-defense of government tyranny, protect themselves from evil government. So in the, in the, in the 1700s, when the Constitution of the United States was written in the 1700s, the Constitution was written by people who had overthrown a government. Amen? who had overthrown the government. It was people that was overthrowing the British Empire, over, overthrowing the British rulers inside the United States. It was a revolution. But that one was a, a good revolution. Sometimes they're good. Most of the time they're bad, but sometimes they're good. And they had to use guns to overthrow the British in the United States in the Revolutionary War. 
And they recognized that the British government was not fair, that they was overtaxing the people, overcontrolling the people, overbearing, too demanding. And they said, we want to write this constitution and make for sure that forever, that forever the Americans would have guns to protect themselves from evil rulers of government in case the government of the British gains power again. In case the British government were to gain power within America again and take back the power. Or that another government, any other government, any other government, any other leader that was wicked in case they tried to take over America from within as a coup, as a revolution, or as an invasion, that the citizens of the nation would be able to defend themselves from those evil people. Right now, in the United States, we have a very dangerous situation where there are Muslims and communists and Nazis killing people, beating people up in the streets in different cities across America where just for being white in the United States, just for being white, walking down the streets, you can be killed just because you're white. And that is happening all across America, all across America. That, unfortunately, let's just say it the way it is, there are a lot, a lot of black people in America that are Democrats and have fallen victim to this brainwashing that all white people are evil and that the white people need to be killed. And this is what Antifa is preaching. This is what Black Lives Matters is preaching. This is what the Muslims are preaching. This is what a lot of people in the Democrat Party are saying in public, in public, over and over and over, not just one man, not just one woman, but multiple People, multiple people in the Democrat Party are saying that white people should be killed. And that you need, that as a black person, you, you need to get out there and kill any white person you see walking down the street. That is the reality of what's happening in America now. For white people in America, it would be a good thing to own a gun right now, to just protect your wife, your children, and yourself, just try to stay alive. That is how serious it is. And not just that, but also, even if you're black, if you are wearing a hat that says, make America great again, which is the term that the Republicans are using, that President Trump is using, if you have that term, make America great again, on your hat or on your shirt, you can be stabbed, you can be 
shot, you can be killed, you can be beaten up, and that's happening across America every day. Every day across America. If you have a President Trump bumper sticker, if if you have a President Trump sign in your yard, if you have anything, anything at all that indicates that you support Trump, you could be beaten up or killed. So whether you are black or white, if you support Trump or if you are a Christian, if you own a Bible and they know it, if Antifa knows that, they'll kill you. Americans have a constitutional right and a God-given right to self-defense against these warriors of the color revolution. And they are warriors. This is war. This is real war. People think there might be a civil war coming to America in the future. The truth is, it's already here. Amen. Amen. It's already here. So please do not fall for the propaganda that guns are evil, that no Americans should be allowed guns. Don't fall for that. It's brainwashing. It's propaganda. It is the propaganda of the Democrats and of the Muslims and of the Nazis and of the Muslims and of the communists that nobody should be allowed to have guns because they don't want you to be able to defend yourself and your family. Having a gun is not evil. It is a tool, just like a screwdriver, a hammer, a knife, a sword. These are tools that you can use them right or you can use them wrong. But just because you can use it wrong to murder someone without good cause, just because you can use it wrong, doesn't mean that it should be against the law to own it. There's nothing wrong with owning a knife if you use it right. There's nothing wrong with owning a gun if you use it right, just for self-defense or just for hunting. There's nothing wrong with it. So I am greatly disappointed that almost every person that took the test that I had recently, the masculinity test, almost every person said that Americans should not have the right, that Americans should not be allowed to own a gun. If you answered it, that Americans should not be allowed to have a gun, then you have fallen for the lie. You have believed a lie. A lie that Hitler told. A lie that the Muslims and the Nazis and all these four horses tell for the purpose of brainwashing the people so that the people cannot defend themselves against anyone, against the rapists, against the murderers, against the riots, against anybody that might break in your house at night. You have no self-defense. Now, I know that you can use a knife and other things for self-defense, but there's nothing better than a gun for self-defense. 
That's just reality. So why wouldn't you want the best? Why would you not want the best when it comes to defending your life, protecting your family, protecting your children, protecting your own life? Why wouldn't you want the best? Why wouldn't you want? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And even Jesus told his own disciples to sell something in order that they could buy a sword or a knife. Did you know that? Read it in the Bible. He told his own church, he told his own church, his own disciples, his own students to sell something so that they could buy a knife. For self-defense. That was the context for self-defense. Even Jesus believed in self-defense. Amen. And even the great prophet Samuel in the Bible healed the wicked with a sword. The great prophet Samuel. And what about uh, King David killing Goliath with a sword? They didn't have guns back then. But I guarantee you, if they did have guns back then, David would have shot Goliath with a gun. Come on now, that's the reality. And Samuel, the great prophet, when he killed that wicked man with the sword, if he had had a gun, he would have used it. There's nothing wrong with having a gun if you use it right. Nothing. Amen. So this is the techniques that they have always used in these past hundred years to overthrow governments using their own citizens, using their own people, is that they take away the guns. And they also put fluoride in the water and soil, soy, soy, in the food. Did you know that Hitler put fluoride in the water? in Germany because he knew that it would make the people stupid and dumb and it would make the people less aggressive, that it would increase the estrogen, the estrogen, female hormones, and that it would make the men less aggressive, that it would make the people lazy and less aggressive. He took away the guns and put fluoride in the water in order to control the population. And what they're doing now is also putting soy in the food in almost everything you buy all across the world, in every nation. You've got to understand that this is a problem in every nation. Taking away the guns, taking away uh, freedom in every nation. Putting soy in the food in every nation. India. Malaysia, Korea, Australia, Africa, America, it don't matter where you live, we all face the same demons, the same four horsemen, the same lies, the same brainwashing, the same programming, the same technique. These are the same problems everywhere. And soy does the same thing as fluoride make the people less aggressive so that they can be dominated easier. And they also 
decrease the population using vaccines and viruses. That is their technique. And that is what they're doing. Amen. All of these techniques are publicly confessed. This is not just what I'm saying. I want you to understand that. This is not just what I'm saying. All of these techniques are publicly confessed by the communists and Nazis, uh, Nazis and the Muslims, and historically, historically documented and proven. Amen. So none of these are my opinion. All of these are historically documented. But these are their techniques. Now, something else you need to know is that King Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar's dad was a leader in the Assyrian Empire, which was the empire just before the Babylonian Empire. Nebuchadnezzar's dad was a leader in the Assyrian Empire. He was part of the government in the Assyrian Empire. And he conducted a coup, a revolution, within the Assyrian Empire to overthrow the Assyrian king so that he himself could become king or his son. And that was with the help of Egypt. It was an internal coup, but with the support of Egypt from outside. So Egypt had implants and use a lot of these same techniques. Now, notice something. Think about something. In that statue of Daniel, where Daniel or King Nebuchadnezzar saw the statue of the head of gold, and the chest and the arms and all these different parts of the body of the statue. Remember that each part of the statue representing a different empire also had a different color for each empire. Silver, gold, bronze, so forth. Each empire has a different color. So each time that the next empire would come along and overthrow the previous government, it was a color revolution, changing the color. Amen. Now, what I need to share with you now is why I believe that what all of this means is for us is that we don't have much time left because we are seeing this calling revolution happening to the whole world, to America and to the whole world. Why I believe that we don't have a whole nother year to prepare. Why I believe that term of this next year, 2021, term, which is in February or March, why I believe it will be the fulfillment, the final fulfillment of a strong delusion, the abomination of desolation, and the beginning of the great tribulation. Why I believe we only have three, four, five months left to get ready for the great civilization. Now, everything I'm about to say is not thus saith the Lord. I'm not saying God said this. I'm not saying 
God said we only got three, four, five months left before the Great Tribulation. But what I am saying is this is why I believe that we only have that much time left. And this is why. For one thing, the vaccines are going to be released in December, January, February, March, something like that. People will start receiving the vaccines in large numbers. Now, people are already receiving them in large numbers as a test. Uh, they already gave a whole lot of people in Africa the vaccine, even in America. They're already doing a lot of large-scale studies, giving even children these vaccines. So a lot of people are already getting in a trial study, multiple trial studies with multiple vaccines. But that's going to increase where it's going to be given to a whole lot more people. And there's going to be a requirement some of the stores, some of the doctors, insurance companies, certain mayors, certain governments, certain governors, certain presidents in the world, certain employers and businesses will require you to have the vaccine. Now, I don't know that it will be law for all of the United States that everyone must have the vaccine. That's up in the air, that's yet to be seen. If Trump stays in power, then I don't really think that he's gonna make it law that everyone have the vaccine. He might, he might not. But you'll still have the doctors and the insurance companies and the stores that would say, you cannot come in this building without having proof that you have had the vaccine. Now, that's significant because we cannot have too much turmoil in our life without having the great tribulation. Think about this. Once everything in our life becomes so difficult that it's almost impossible to live when it becomes a survival situation. Hey, that's gonna be the great tribulation. Amen. When it becomes a survival situation where you can't buy or sell, you can't walk around, you can't go into a business without taking something that could kill you without being able to buy and sell, without taking something that could kill you. That becomes a survival situation. The vaccine has nothing to do with the mark of the beast, nothing. But it is a survival situation. And once it becomes a survival situation, then you can only have it so bad until it becomes the great tribulation. The great tribulation is the great tribulation. <clears throat> what happens before the great tribulation is only the birth pains, right? And the birth pains are bad. It's difficult. It hurts. And it increases 
in pain. It gets worse and worse and worse. But the great tribulation is not born until the great tribulation is born. Amen. So it's the magnitude of war. It is the magnitude of disease. It is the magnitude, the level of degree of how bad each of these are that once it gets over a certain point, it's actually the great tribulation. So if we get into a degree of trouble, of a survival situation, of where it's getting so bad we can't walk down the road, or enter a store, or buy ourselves, or have freedom, or have a gun to defend ourselves, and much of these other things, then it comes to a point to where, hey, hey, wake up, wake up. We're in the Great Tribulation. Now, we're not in the Great Tribulation yet, but I'm saying you can only have so much problems before it reaches that level of Great Tribulation. Once you get to where you are required to have a vaccine in order to live, in order to have food, in order to go to the doctor, in order to do whatever, that reaches a level of great tribulation. So doesn't it appear to you that we're almost there, that we only have only months before that happens? We have only months, not a year, not a year and a half, not two years, not three years. We have only months left until it gets so bad that you won't hardly be able to go anywhere without taking a poison in your body that could kill you. So I think, I believe, that we only have a few months left. And Let's skip over to, uh, go back to Revelation 6 here, and look at verse 8b. I've got verse 8 divided up into two sections here, and it has 8a and 8b. 8b says, authority was given to them, to each of them, over a fourth of the earth, to kill the sword, that means war, and with famine, and with pestilence, meaning plagues, pandemic, epidemic, viruses, and by the wild or evil or dangerous beast animals of the earth. Footnote says this, the red horse of communism and its fruit of war will kill a fourth of the world's population during the Great Tribulation. The black horse of Nazism and its fruit of starvation will kill a fourth of the world's population during the Great Tribulation. And the green horse of Islam, with its fruit of disease, will kill another fourth of the world's population during the Great Tribulation. And only one fourth will survive. Only one fourth of the world will survive the Great Tribulation. So if you're going to have three out of every four people, on the entire earth to die from viruses, from COVID, from Ebola, from swine flu, from flesh-eating bacteria, and, and from war 
from invasion, from coups and revolutions, and from starvation, three out of every four people dying, that's the great tribulation. But what are we seeing right now? War being increased. Disease, viruses, bacteria being increased. Religious persecution being increased. Racial divide, racial riots, racial killings, color revolution. All of these horses are intensifying to a degree that we're going to start seeing a whole lot more people dying today, next week, next month, over these next two, three, four, five months. It doesn't take very long for a virus and bacteria to spread quickly. A fourth of the earth could easily die in a short period of time. And if you think about it, even a fourth of the earth could die of starvation in a short period of time if you're having the lockdowns where you can't go to the store because you're not allowed out of your house or you're not allowed to travel across town or you can't go in the store because you don't have the vaccine. People are going to start dying of starvation because they can't shop, because they don't have the vaccine, they're going to die of starvation. They're going to die if they take the vaccine because the vaccine will kill them because the vaccine is meant to kill you. It's not meant to heal. Bill Gates said, Bill Gates, who is involved with the funding and development of these vaccines, said publicly that the world must lose some of its population and that they would use vaccines to accomplish that. Vaccines is documented to kill people. The flu vaccine kills people. The uh, all kinds of different vaccines have been known to cure people, cripple people, make them disabled, and make them have a, uh, different mental illnesses or different diseases. I understand that some vaccines, some vaccines, have helped some people, absolutely. But they have also cured people. They have also decreased the world population. And what do they do? Just like with TV. They start out slow, get you brainwashed to say, oh, it ain't going to hurt you. It helps people. And then they intensify the TV. They intensify the movies. They intensify the music. They intensify the propaganda. They intensify whatever technique that they are using. Add more fluoride. Add more poison. Add more poison into the vaccine and more poison into this or that. They get you accustomed to accepting it and then after you're hooked on the drug, they make the drug more deadly, 
That is their technique. Another reason I believe that we have only a, a short time is how old Pope Benedict is. Pope Benedict is only, Pope Benedict, evil be his name, is 94 years old. That's pretty old, 94 years old. And Pope Benedict is actually a fallen angel. And Pope Francis is actually Satan in human form. Pope Francis is literally, literally Satan in human form. That is what God revealed to me by reading the Bible. The more you read it, over and over and over and over again, the more you will wake up to what it says, to what it means, to the clues and the hints that the Bible gives you. The Bible says, seek and you will find. You have to seek by looking. That's how you seek. That's how you search, is you look. You have to look. The Bible says, come and see. Come and see, over and over, come and see. And the Bible says that it is given to them to have ears to hear and eyes to see. And let, this, let those in the church come who can have eyes to see. So you've got to see, you've got to look, and you've got to work by reading the Bible over and over and over. And God will woken up these mysteries to you, even as he's woken up these mysteries to me. Amen. So Pope Benedict, who is pretending to be a human, claims to be 94 years old. There's not too many people who live to be 100. If I think in my life, how many people have I actually met in person that was 100 years old? I don't know. Maybe one, maybe, I don't know. Not too many people. Not too many people make it to a hundred. So, if he is a fallen angel, pretending to be a human, and he lives to be like a hundred and twenty, then that would make people suspicious. Why is this guy a hundred and twenty? Why is this guy a hundred and fifty? When nobody else on earth is 120, nobody else on earth is 150, how can he be that old? Because she is 94, will be 94 this coming April. I think really that means that the Great Tribulation must be within these next six, seven, ten years. But I believe that we only have a few months because of all the other reasons which I'm going to list to you. The great conjunction, the other heavenly signs that we have seen throughout 2020, throughout my entire lifetime. And I'm not a young man, I'm not a kid, I'm not a teenager, I'm not in my 20s and 30s and 40s. So throughout my entire lifetime, I have never seen in my life so many heavenly signs in one year. And we keep learning about another heavenly sign and another heavenly sign and another heavenly sign. I've never seen so many heavenly signs. 
So that also makes me believe that we only have months before the Great Tribulation. Also, uh, <clears throat> where a lot of people are now calling for martial law in the United States. Uh, Lynn Wood, Sidney Powell, and I believe even uh, General Flynn and General, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, McIntyre, whatever his name is, these two different generals and these two different lawyers who are very, very popular in America right now among the conservatives and Christians and Republicans. They're calling for martial law, or at least they're calling for that if we don't win the Supreme Court, that there should be martial law. When in my entire life have I ever heard that? That's new. That's different. That is much more severe of a situation. I've never in my entire life seen so many people calling for martial law in the United States. Usually, all my life, everybody's been paranoid, fearful of martial law. Nobody wanted it. Nobody calls for it. But now we've got leaders, I believe even at least one senator, even calling for martial law if we don't win the courts. And not only leaders, senators, and lawyers, and generals, that's significant generals, but not only the leaders, but even the general population, even just the population, a lot of people, lots of people in the general population, we are calling, including myself, we are calling for martial law because we see the reality that this is a revolution and we are in a war and if we don't fight back, we're going to lose. Now we know we're going to lose anyway because the Bible predicts the, the destruction of America and the invasion of America and the invasion of Europe and Israel and Australia and many nations. One-fourth of all the earth would die from war. How are you going to have a fourth of the earth to die from war unless there's invasions? Amen. It's a world war, a world war that's going to be all over the earth, even worse than World War One and World War II. Amen. One of one of our ever four people in your family, in your neighborhood, your co-workers, people you work with, your friends, one of ever four of those would die in the war. One and another one fourth from disease, and another one fourth from starvation. And only one out of ever four people you know will survive. And for some of you, it might not even be that good. It might be everybody you know today in your neighborhood, such as San Diego. I don't think even a fourth will survive in San Diego because I believe that the Chinese nuclear missile would hit San Diego and everybody in that entire city would die 
from either the blast itself or the fallout, the nuclear fallout, or the starvation and the disease. As a result of that, I don't think you're going to have not even a single person to survive in San Diego. So it depends on where you live. You might not even have a fourth of the people you know to survive. But because now we are seeing for a lot of people, a large number of people in America ready for martial law, that tells me we only have months left, I believe, before the Great Tribulation starts. And another reason is the Abraham Accords. The Abraham Accords, let's turn to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. One Thessalonians chapter five, verse three. I did a sermon on this recently, very recently. Verse three says, one Thessalonians five, verse three, while they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. King James Version says, sudden destruction has come upon them at the same time. So that is talking about the Abraham Accords, the nation of the United Arab immigrants, and the nation of the Bahrain, both bordering uh, Saudi Arabia, and both of them extremely close to Iran. Both signed the peace treaty with Israel, and I believe we're going to see Saudi Arabia probably sign that peace treaty pretty soon, I believe, maybe. And that has hit already, even without Saudi Arabia, these are historic peace treaties, and that is part of the White Horse. The Abraham Accords is part of the White Horse a false appearance of peace, but a heart of war. The end of it, the fruit of it, is war, revolution, coups, and invasion, and death. Notice that the very next chapter in the Bible is 2 Thessalonians. And 2 Thessalonians talks about the coming of the Antichrist. So this tells me that just because we just saw the Abraham Accords come into reality and intensifying, that the next thing we're going to see upon this earth soon will be the Antichrist being visible in the sky as a fake coming of Jesus coming down out of the sky, making people believe that the Messiah has come. And the Jews will believe it. Some of them, and a lot of the Christians, will think it's the pre-trib rapture. And the Muslims will think it's the 12th enemy. Imam, how do you pronounce it? The Maori. So all these different groups will think it's their savior of their religion coming to the earth. 
so I think we only have a short time left because of the Abraham Accords. And if you think about it, the Abraham Accords was uh, came into perception in August of this year, and then you count nine months of pregnancy, because the Bible says right here, it's like a woman in labor pain. A woman's pregnant for nine months. You come then to the day of April, which I believe the Great Tribulation will be born, and the Great Tribulation will be born in April. So that's why I believe that we have only a short period of time. Another reason is that President Trump, his first term, would normally end on January 20th. January 20th is when whoever wins the election is supposed to be sworn into office for another four years on January 20th. Whether it's Biden, whether it's Trump, there's not much time. So that sets sort of a deadline for the Supreme Court decisions, the other court decisions, and martial law. So that's not far away. So examining verse 8 here in the Bible and over in Revelation, Revelation 6, verse 8, all of those four horsemen are going to be intensified to kill three out of four people on the earth. So there's going to be an increased death rate from the virus itself, COVID, as well as the vaccine causing starvation because you can't close the store, and the virus killing more people, and because of the vaccine killing more people. So you can only have so many people to die until we wake up and say, hey, everybody around me is dying. It's the great generation. And then the war with Iran. Iran, we are expecting a missile strike to come from Iran to hit Israel, probably to hit the United Arab Emirates, probably to hit Ukraine as well, and probably to hit Iraq as well, and other American military installations throughout the Middle East. Soon, we're expecting at any time, any day, any moment, it might be today, it might be tomorrow, it might be another month from now. We don't know when it's going to happen. But we believe that Iran is preparing to fire missiles against American and Israeli targets relatively soon. That is what we believe. That's what the United States military believes. That is what the Israeli military Believes that is what we believe from military intelligence. Now, what's going to happen when that does happen? Whenever it happens, when Iran fires missiles and hits American soldiers and kills American soldiers, Trump is going to lose his temper. Now, I know. That President Trump was a wimp a few months ago when the Iranians did shoot a missile to try to kill 
American soldiers in Iraq. But the Americans did not die. They were injured, but they did not die. And Trump did not do anything except for just put more sanctions on Iran, and that's it. So he was a wimp, and he was very weak at that moment, unfortunately. What he should have done was bomb the hell out of them with nuclear missiles and destroy the entire nation and Syria with nuclear missiles is what he should have done. But he didn't. Because people around him have the spirit of the white horse. False peace. Saying, let them do what they want to do. Just let them be. They're humans. They've got a right to live. Leave them alone. They were just doing accepted things. They were just doing it out of revenge, and they're not going to do nothing else. So just don't do nothing to them, and the problem will go away. He was listening to bad advisors that have the spirit of the white horse. But this next time that Iran fires missiles at American military and hits multiple nations hits the United Arab immigrants. I'm just saying, what if it hits? I don't know that it will hit multiple nations, but I think it will because they're very upset about the Abraham Accords. They have been threatening the Ukraine and the United Arab immigrants. And if they do hit multiple nations, that's war. That's war. And Trump ain't going to be so wimpy now. Plus, we're going to face reality. Trump is a human, and he has human reactions, human emotions. And he's kind of fed up with everything at the moment. He's fed up with China. He's fed up with Iran. He's fed up with the election fraud and the Democrats and the communists and the Muslims. He's fed up with it. I believe that this next missile strike from Iran, he's not going to be a wimp anymore. I believe he's going to be pissed off. And I believe he's going to say, you know what? This could be an excuse for me to stay in time. If we have war. And they started it. They're the ones that started it. Iran started it. And it's my duty, my job, my responsibility to defend America, defend the American military. But at the same time, this could be one more reason why I need to stay in power so I can defend America, so that I can. Because Biden ain't going to do it. Biden? Defend America? No way! The Democrats have always been ramps and always destroyed the American military, every Democrat president has reduced the number of troops, the number of military bases in the name of peace, but for the purpose of making America weak so that we can be invaded. Biden would not protect America, and Trump knows that, and all Republicans know that. And so Trump would say to himself, rightfully so, I need to stay in power. We're in war. I can't 
abandon America. I cannot just leave and let America be destroyed by Biden. Biden is working for the Chinese. Everybody knows that. Biden is working for Iran. Everybody knows that. Trump should declare martial law. That is why a lot of Americans, even senators, even lawyers, even famous people, even military generals, are now saying, if we don't win in the courts, Trump needs to declare martial law because he does need to declare martial law. It is the last stand for America. And even if we are going to lose this war, according to what the Bible says, we still need to try because that's the way it's supposed to be. Are you supposed to just lay down and give up? Of course not. You're supposed to have that God-given desire to live, to survive, to fight back, to defend yourself. Self-defense is a God-given right and a God-given part of ourselves. Amen. So we're supposed to have that reaction. It's part of God's plan. It's part of God's plan for America to at least try to fight back. But there also comes a point in time when the true, the true church, the true saints of God, who are fully aware of God's plan, have to say, you know, I understand that our military has to fight. I understand our president must fight. But my job is the God's army and to go into a place where I can survive instead of going out there on a military field, instead of going and getting on a plane to go across the Middle East to fight, instead of fighting the Russian and Chinese soldiers, my job and your job, unless God has called you to fight, our job is to hide ourselves so that we may survive. Now, everybody has a different calling. Some men are called to be part of the war, and they must fight. But I am not called to be in the military of the United States. That's not my job. That's somebody else's job. Let them do their job and support them. Support them. Amen. It's okay for war to happen. It's part of God's plan. Support the American soldiers, support the American police, support the American President Trump. But it's not my job to go into the military and fight the invaders. But if they come to my house, I will blow their brains out. If they come to my house, I will blow their brains out. I'm not going to let nobody 
tie me up. I'm not going to let nobody hold me down. I'm not going to let nobody hurt my wife and my brother and my congregation. I have a God-given right to use a gun to defend my family and myself if they come to my place. Amen. But then, there's also the exception of certain times, certain places. Some people must say it's time to die for Christ. Some people, God's plan for some people is for them to die and not fight back with self-defense. And that's God's plan for those people. But that's not God's plan for me. I'm appointed to live and not die. So I must embrace God's plan for me to survive. Amen. And to lead others in survival. That's my calling, to lead others in survival, staying alive. We can keep sharing the truth with people, let other people know the truth about Jesus and the Bible and what he wants us to do. That's my job. That's your job, most of you, as well, is to stay alive so you can tell other people about what the truth really is, what the Bible really says. But some people, it is God's plan for them. At a certain point of time, once they are captured, to not fight back and say, it is my time to die in honor, in boldness, in bravery, in courage for my Lord and Savior. It is time. Realizing that when they open their eyes, it will be a resurrection. Whether it's the first resurrection or the second resurrection, depending on their maturity and their righteousness. They could be resurrected either in the first or the second, depending upon their maturity, their spiritual maturity, their emotional maturity. Amen. These different elements are all uh, engaged about which resurrection arises. Now, going back to the notes, increase in disease, the green horsemen of pestilence, disease, bacteria, viruses, is now in greater measure than it has been since the 1963 Syrian coup and the 79 revolution, Iranian revolution. We had Ebola. We had the swine flu. We had other types of flu. But now we have COVID-19 and at least one or more flesh-eating bacteria that is spreading among the population, which I need to check on that, Robert. Remind me today, I want to check, see if I can find an update on the number of people in synagogue, whatever it is, synagogue, synagogue, Western Africa, that has that bacteria, so I don't get an update on that or not. Also, North Carolina, South Carolina, and I believe it will be uh, a lot of it in Jamaica and other islands and other people, other places that have coastlines, a lot of coast, a lot of beach, a lot of water. That's where that's going to be at more than anything. But it's also spreading inland, 
spreading among the people. It is contagious. So that's on the increase as well. Um, so all this is coming to a head or a vitality, an increase. Um, we've not seen such historical pestilence in all of my life. I don't ever remember anybody having to wear a mask everywhere you go. This is historical. This is biblical proportions, and it's only getting worse. Uh, they're saying that a lot of the hospitals are completely full and overflowing, and they're sending patients hundreds of miles before they can find another hospital that has room for the patients. The hospitals are getting full. The people are dying in larger numbers than ever before. It's not going away. The COVID is not going away. And yet you've got all these stupid people saying the virus is fake, that is just a trick of the communists, which I realize that the communists are behind it because China confessed something like 15 years ago, 12, 15 years ago, they confessed that they wanted to create biological warfare to kill the white people, especially America. So I know China's behind it, the communists are behind it, but it's not fake. It's a real virus that really is killing people. Even as the Bible did predict end time pestilence. And that's going to make a whole lot more people die because you've got so many foolish people out there, lots of foolish people, saying, don't wear a mask, don't wear a mask, don't wear a mask, don't wear gloves, it's fake, and nobody's dying. It's just the flu, or it's not even real at all. So many people that are just brain dead, brainwashed, and programmed like robots of the leaders that they are following, following really evil, foolish, wicked people that are telling them that the virus is not serious. Like robots, they're just following in mass numbers like blind sheep, blind leading the blind. That they cannot see that the Bible is being fulfilled. They do not have eyes to see. They are as dumb as sheep in large numbers. And that's going to make the virus epidemic even worse, because they're not taking any precautions at all. No precautions. That's going to spread the disease. And that's only going to get worse. So you've got all these increasing war, disease, famine, pestilence, and all the different techniques of calling evolution that is going to eventually soon just get so bad that it is going to be the great tribulation. Amen. We are extremely close to martial law in America. If we truly have another year or more, that would be too much chaos, too much starvation, disease, and war 
because it would be of the magnitude of great tribulation. So that's pretty much everything I need to say. I believe you understand. Now, again, again, I'm not saying God said we only got a few months left, but I'm saying these are the reasons I believe that the Great Tribulation will begin in March or April, only a few months from now. There's not much time left to get ready. Now, if it doesn't happen then, then we'll have another full year to get ready. That would be a miracle. That would be a miracle. To have another year when things were getting so intensely bad, I believe that would be a miracle. And I believe it would be foolish for anyone to say to themselves, we definitely have another year. To say to yourself, we definitely have another year, could be extremely dangerous. I would rather be wrong and be prepared and be ready for it just in case it does happen in March and April. Because if I say to myself, it's not going to happen this next March, and it does happen, then I would be called dangerously unprepared. I would rather be called a false prophet. I would rather that everybody says you was wrong rather than for you and me and all of us to be called unprepared because being, you know, I can handle people calling me names. They've always called me names, always. I can handle that. I can handle people calling me a false prophet because they have always called me a false prophet. I can handle that. But what I can't handle is you being unprepared and me being unprepared. It is much more wise for us to assume that it is going to be in just three, four months and get ready for it just in case. Because I have given you tons of reasons to believe that we do have only a few months more than enough reason to believe that. Now, I know I said the same thing last year and the year before that. I know that. I confess that to you. I know that. But this year, right now, the entire landscape of the world is entirely different than what we saw last year at this time. What we see right now is such an increase, intensification, much more seriousness that makes the situation even more serious to where it would be a miracle if God did give us another year. Amen. So I encourage everyone, if you're new to the ministry, visit the website at I Saw the Light Ministries.com. Read the article about the Abraham Accords and read the articles 
about other prophecies and doctrines and take your time to examine those articles in prayer and in fasting and sincere, careful examination of what you believe and why you believe things and what the truth really is. Examine yourself, test yourself, examine the Bible, and prove it out for yourself. I don't want you to just blindly follow me and just blindly believe everything I say, but I want you to test it out with the scriptures in prayer and in fasting and be led by Jesus and his truth in that. Now, Hanukkah is Thursday, just a few days away. I can't believe Hanukkah is almost here. Uh, one, two, three, four, four and five more days from now will be the first day of Hanukkah on December the 10th. And there is an article on the website about Hanukkah and why Christians should keep Hanukkah, even as Jesus did. If he kept it, we should keep it. Amen. So look it up. There is a search box on the bottom of the page on every page on the website. There's a box where you can type in Abraham Accords or you can type in Hanukkah or whatever subject you want to look up and search the website for whatever you want to study. And then it will give you the Bible verses and you open up the Bible for yourself and always pray before you read about it. And let God lead you. We'll be having special services on that first day of Hanukkah, December the 10th, Thursday, at 7 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Time Zone. So look it up, what time that's going to be for you. There's going to be special services Thursday. And I encourage everyone for eight nights to burn some kind of a candle electric candle or a real fire candle, whatever, a menorah, or just seven candles or something. You can make it yourself if you can't buy one, but do not use the nine-candle menorah because the nine-candle is demonic. Make sure it's a seven-candle menorah or buy you seven single candles and light each one individually. It does not need to be a menorah. And if you do get a menorah, Make sure it does not have the so-called, falsely called Star of David. Make sure it does not have that on there because the Star of David is not the Star of David. The Bible says that is the Star of a foreign angel, a human. And there's an article on the website about that too. Just type in Star of David in the search box and read the article and look at the proof for yourself. If anybody has any questions, make sure you read the article first about whatever subject. And then if you still have a question, then please contact me. And I'll be glad to counsel with you about what the Bible says. Okay. Well, I believe that at any time that I ask for a testimony. So, Robert, and to Come on up here and give us a testimony about something. And you have to speak slow and loud. Yes. Oh. 
would like to share that shortly before I, I left New Jersey for here, I had been concerned about how close it was to the end times. And I had a dream one day that um, I thought it was a certain date, but actually the real date was um, later. I, it was, it was, it was, um, the, the time was going faster than I thought. And that same day, I was walking around town, stopped at a street corner. And normally there's no one around ever, but today a man comes up from you behind, from behind. Kind of an older white man, looks poor, asked me, do you know what time it is? And so I kind of think what time it is, give him the time. And it was, and it was um, earlier than, than the actual time. The time had going faster than I thought. Do you know what time it is? And it's kind of interesting to know afterwards that, that, that while I was asking that, I was, we were standing, there was a large clock in the background the whole time. Cool. Very interesting. Amen. Time is going fast. Oh, Amen. It is important to understand what time it is. That's why God wants us to Look at the news. Have a news group. Be a member of the news group. Read the newsletters. Stay informed of the world events because these world events is like a handle or a hand on the clock. They tell us what time it is. We need to understand the signs of the times, the heavenly signs and the events and how it fits into Bible prophecy. These are important. Because it lets us know that time is short, the time is speeding up, that everything is increasing, and that we don't have much time left. And people need to stop saying everything is a coincidence. That's a coincidence. This is a coincidence. And realize that when somebody comes up to you and asks you what time it is, and it comes out, you finally figure out, hey, time is flying, the time is shorter than what you think it is, then that's a message from God. Amen. Now, some things really are a coincidence. If you go to the store, you buy a few things, and the total is $6.66, most of the time that's going to be just a coincidence. And I can say that is the truth, because I used to work in the store, ring up the groceries, ring up people, what people was buying. And every once in a while, it would be $6.66. Even when I worked at McDonald's restaurant and ring people up, sometimes it would be $6.66. Or if I was working at Kroger's, or whether I was working at a convenience store, or grocery store, or a restaurant, either place, throughout my life, occasionally, Occasionally, a total would be $6.66. It happens. It's going to happen sooner or later as a statistical, statistical, you know what I'm trying to say? It's going to happen. So 
that's not necessarily God or the devil or any kind of a spirit or angel doing something. It's just a coincidence that it comes up. And every time you stump your toe and every time you have car trouble and every time something happens to you in your life, it's not necessarily God or the devil. Sometimes it's just you. Amen. And sometimes it's just coincidence. So, yes, there is such a thing as coincidence. It does happen. It is real. Not everything is God's plan. Not everything is God's plan. If a fly lands on this table right now, it's not necessarily God's plan. It would just be a coincidence. Amen. It was that fly. So some things are a coincidence. You fall not land on that table right now. I'll bust this brains up. Okay. Enough. I like to kid around with people, you know. Have fun. Rejoice. Amen. Enjoy life. God is good. And uh, he is good to us. Hey, I want to hear some shouting. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is so good to us. Thank God he is waking us up to what time it is. Amen. Praise the Lord. So good to see everyone. Brother Emmy Bless in Africa, Nigeria, joining us again today. I hope you get an email from you soon, brother. Tell me more about yourself. Tell me about yourself. Love to hear from you and love to hear from other new people as well. Amen. I know some of the things I say is hard to take, especially sounds very strange coming from a preacher. My style is very different, but that's the way God works. Amen. That's the way God works. I think Isaiah in the Bible, I think he was a very, very different type of man. Amen. I believe Jeremiah. I believe Noah. I believe at least men of God in the Bible that they were different than other people, and that's why God chose them, you know? David was different from his brothers. He had seven brothers, six or seven brothers, and everybody thought, even the dad of all these men thought, it would be the other brothers who were even more handsome, even though, even though David was a handsome man, he thought that these other men that were even taller and older and even more handsome and more prestigious and more strong, that they would be the next king. One of those guys would be the next king. But God said, I want the smallest dude. I want the youngest. I want the one that's different. I want the black sheep of the family. I want the, the downtrodden. I want the underdog. I want the weakest one so that I will show my power in him. Amen. God chooses those that are persecuted, those that the world does not like, those that are not as rich, that are not as famous, that are not as powerful, to do his most powerful work, to show his power. Not our power, not our might. But his might, his power, his authority in our little tiny bodies. Amen. That's how he shows himself. Amen. And that way, everybody can say, when they look at me, 
It's not him. And it's got to be God. It's not him. So it's got to be God. Amen. Amen. It wasn't tiny little David, but it was God. Amen. God is so good to us. It will be God that will manifest his power and authority in your life. Brother AJ, Brother Kareem, Sister Fiona, Sister Kiki, Brother Meekness, Emmy, and Victor, Daniel, and everyone else. Let God shine to you, but you got to surrender and let him speak and use you. You've got to volunteer to say, send me and I will go. Don't be praying for other people to go. You go, you do what God wants you to do. Amen. You do your part. Amen. Okay, I'll let y'all go eat or go to bed or wake up wherever you need to do. See you later. Come on back now, y'all. And the congregation said, Amen. Amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.